Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. So did any of you guys have the cookies that Mrs. Walsh I had made one us? cookie and I only, I wish I had had more because they were so good, but I only had one. They, yeah. I'm trying to lose weight and that's not helpful. Yeah, cookies yeah. being dropped off. Yeah, they, <laughs> this is constant, a constant problem. Yesterday was brownies. The day before that, it was, uh, there's something, oh, it was like some sort of really good sweet bread. There's something every day in there and that's why priests get fat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to cut this from the show because I like when cookies and sweet breads show up. But that's right. now the parish is going to hear, don't bring cookies that's and right, sweet breads. That's right, that's right. They're going to start bringing like no, they, vegan food or something. The pre the the parish likes fat priests because fat <laughs> priests are jolly and happy. <laughs> I thought that was Santa Claus. <laughs> well, I'm Father Nick. <laughs> yes, Father Nick. Wow. Father Nick says he wants to fast. Let's bring cookies. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to another episode of the Vici Mundum Show. We're very happy uh, that you all are tuning in with us and. Uh, we've got some. Uh, well, we've got a very special guest today. For the first time, Father Nick Redman is on the Vici Mundum Show. Hello, thank you, thank you, Austin, for having me on. It's a it's a great joy to be here. Well, we're very excited, and he just came from playing soccer with uh, the kids at the school. Yeah, my so. shoes are all muddy. It was kind of a muddy field out there today. Yeah, yeah. he's been on the playground all day, actually, Austin. Has he all <laughs> day long? He has. No, it was, it was like thirty minutes. <laughs> the hard work of a priest out on the playground. <laughs> And we also have Tina Wandersee here with us. Hey, Tina. Hi, how are you? And I'm Austin. Uh, and today, um, I thought we would talk about something. So um, I figured I'd pull something from the Bible for oh. us to talk about. Okay. Um, they say that's an important book. So, um, And it actually is today's gospel reading. So um, I was talking with Father Nick prior to this show, and we were we were talking about some different topics, and, uh, and he brought up the Bible. And um, this morning, my wife had some questions about um, about the gospel reading. And then I asked Ken later on, I said, hey, what's a good like Bible topic? And he said, I don't understand today's gospel. It's like, well, there's two people. So, <laughs> so we're going to talk about it today. All um, right. Very nice, because I went to uh, Daily Mass this morning, and Father Nick gave a wonderful homily on it, oh, which you. was, yeah, very good. Oh, so perfect. I so I will just read my homily. Yeah. All right, we'll stop talking now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Father, take it away. <laughs> um, so for those, uh, this obviously is not going to be published on the day um, that these readings are done. So the, uh, the gospel reading was a parable of the wedding feast. Um, and I, I'm just going to take a minute and read through it so it kind of lays the groundwork. This is Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Jesus again in reply spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. 
The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. He said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The gospel of the Lord. Praise <laughs> you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the question that's kind of come up um, is the very last verse. Many are invited, but few are chosen. Yeah. That's a confusing verse. I know. I mean, well, that whole, I mean, I find this, this parable, I find this parable itself to be really kind of interesting because you got Jesus, or no, you've got the king who's, who seems to be like desperate to have guests in his wedding, you know, at the wedding feast. And so he's, he's like inviting some people, but they don't want to go to the, his feast. And so like, well, he's not very happy about that. And so, and then they start killing off a bunch of the other, uh, like the, the, the people he sends to invite, to incite, to invite them. So he kills them. And, you know, it's like, then he's like, well, just invite anybody off the street. So he's like, he's, he's like, Almost desperate to have people in mm-hmm. the wedding feast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when he's got him in there, he's like, Where's your wedding garment? You're not properly dressed. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. You're, you're gonna be you're gonna be outside where there's wailing and grinding of teeth. It's like are you desperate or are you not? And I, I think I think what he's trying to I think what's the point is is that that we are all like so many of us. And I and really like I'd say most of all the world we're invited in, not all accept it, all right. Mm-hmm. But some do accept it, but they don't quite know what they're getting at. They don't know quite know what what this is about. Um, maybe they they go into the into uh, into this life with Christ, which is kind of what what the wedding is like, and they don't really know what's going on, and so. Uh, when you say the life was with Christ, Father, you would say is that like baptism and in kind of embracing the the Christian life? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. Um, you know, that that's part of it. The um, yeah, definitely. Because uh, so, like the way I interpreted it, uh, at least this morning for 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 Mass was that all right? We're here at daily Mass. All right, we're all been invited. We're all here. We're yeah. at daily Mass, and that's great. But not all of us are necessarily chosen. All right, what does that mean? Okay, maybe we're all here and we've like answered the invi- the, the 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 invitation. You know, it's gone out and we've ex- we've accepted the invitation, so we're here. But then, are we wearing the proper clothes? Are we wearing the hmm. wedding garment? Okay, well, maybe yes, maybe no. You know, so if we're there and but you know we, we've got a ton of sin on our lives, you know, we better get that wedding garment dry cleaned and and pressed. Before we, before the king sees us, hmm. or else he'll be not very pleased. Even though he invited us, he won't be pleased that we disrespected you know, that his invitation. You know, because yes, he wants he's desperate to have all of us there, but we've got to recognize it's still a wedding feast. It's still a big deal. It's still a a um, it's still an, it's something that we need to respect and honor and cherish and we can't just be uh you know wearing our our dirty old clothes not literally but in a in a figurative sense yeah i think that's what stood out to me so um me and my twin sister were out walking yesterday and i literally use these words wedding garment so when you said it today i was like (laughs) what 
<laughs> but uh, so we were walking. I'm, 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 I'm walking with the family and I'm going through something uh, with them. And uh, and part of it is cultural, you know, differences and uh, and trying to find our way through that. But at some point, the Lord was sort of um, speaking to me in this scenario in like a, in a totally different way. So I was sharing with my sister that um, that oftentimes we don't uh, know what the gift is or the depth of the gift that we've been given. And uh, you're talking and, about like the and Christian. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of in terms of two ways. So okay. the gift that we might give to somebody, a tangible gift a leg up or a help or whatever that might be, but also the gift that Christ has given to us, dying on the cross, and maybe the gifts that we receive, the graces every day, we're not actually always conscious of that. A lot of it we think that we ourselves have done um, without the help of of, uh, of God. But um, so I was telling her, through this experience that I'm having with this family, I, I, I could almost... Hear the Lord saying, do you know the gift that I have given you? Do you know the depths of what I have done for you and how you have at times ripped your wedding garment off? I said this and tossed it aside to get at what you wanted to do, whatever sinful thing that was. And um, so when you mentioned that this morning, I thought... Um, it just spoke. It just resonated with me because I thought it's the truth. Uh, we can uh, be participating in mass or or living, um, you know, decent and and good lives, but not really connected um, to Christ in a way that says, "In this building, I think you had said, or outside of this building, um, I am a uh, living a life that is representative of Christ, uh, who I uh, believe in and who I follow." Uh, and to do anything less than that, um, we we might miss um, some of the graces that are available to us. Now, uh, as you had spoken of, Father, this morning, there's reconciliation. Um, of course, there's uh, baptism. There's, there's ways that um, the Lord uh, helps to restore uh, this wedding garment. Um, but we have to be connected into that. You know, we, 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 we need to recognize that we have been given a wedding garment to come to the feast. And if we show up at the feast um, and we've left it, you know, on the side of the road someplace mm. um, so that we could, um, you know, enjoy something um, that isn't exactly holy or right, then we're not going to unfortunately be chosen. Hmm. Yeah, Sadly and that, and that's that's sad, you know. I, I mean, I, that's what the baptismal garment, like yeah, at baptism, you know, babies are given a white garment for, right. like, it symbolizes exactly what we're talking about. And so, you know, you you can you can like suck it off during life, and you're in your you can you can suck it off, or you can like put a lot of stain on it. But either way, it's like you know you're supposed to present, come to the wedding feast with this proper garment, you know unstained, you know, and, you know, ready to meet the Lord. And, and the reason why, I mean, what, what is this all about? The fact is that Christ, you know, God is, God is perfection itself. It's like he's beyond perfection. And I don't think any of us would really want to meet God, right. you know, with a big stain on or, you know, wearing shabby clothes. You know, we want to be presenting ourselves in, in, as best as we can. And he knows that we're going to screw it up. He knows that we're going to mm-hmm. 
spill stuff on our wedding garment. He knows that we might even take it off. Mm-hmm. But he gives us a way. He gives us yes. many ways to to get it clean, to get it back on, so that when we do have that face-to-face encounter with the Lord, then we are ready. Now, there's a face-to-face encounter with the Lord that we have at the end of our days, when we, right. when we die, there's a face-to-face encounter that we have, um, even at the end of time, you could say is like even another kind of, uh, kind of a final judgment. Right, right. But then, of course, we face, when, whenever we receive Holy Communion, that is a face-to-face yes. encounter with the Lord as well. And it's really, it, so th- this gospel, in many ways, as I talked about this morning, mm-hmm. is, yeah, it, it gives us encouragement because we have these ways but it's it's a warning. It's you know it really is a warning. Even you know when we go to daily mass, when we go to Sunday mass, we need to make sure that our souls are in a state of grace, mm-hmm. so that when we receive the Lord, we are not we are not eating, we are not condemning ourselves. Yes. You know, as mm-hmm. Paul tells us, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, you you you're you're um you you eat condemnation upon yourself. Yeah. You know, you yeah. and it's it's uh it's not. That's not good, and so we so we got to make sure we, you know we're going to confession mm-hmm. regularly, uh, you know, and that that we're trying to live out holiness in our lives, and you know the fact of the matter is, I know I do, I know all all of us, we always can grow deeper mm-hmm. and deeper mm-hmm. in holiness, um, and that's what this is. That's what the Christian life is about. It's about mm-hmm. growing in holiness. Um, you know, and, and you, you, there's so many ways to grow in holiness, you know, helping out here and mm-hmm. outreach, mm-hmm. uh, such a wonderful way to like grow in holiness, you know, but other ways too, you know, you, just, you know, visiting the sick, all the, all the corporal works of mercy that you can, you can, you know, all, there's so many ways to grow in holiness, but at the end of the day, you just got to make sure that soul is nice and nice yeah. and clean. I think that where this uh, wailing and gnashing and grinding of teeth comes from is exactly what you had said, and that's that is um, we want to be at the feast. So it's not this wailing and gnashing because um, I've been tossed out or the Lord has done something to me, but that I recognize that my garment has been left behind. And this is where I want to be with God. But um, if uh, one is is not uh, prepared, um, then then they could be outside wailing and gnashing, and and again they've condemned themselves to yeah, that. Yeah. I think one of the most uh, when when I was reading through this, it kind of was striking to me, but in some ways is also very uh, very joyful, and that's that. Uh, that when the servants go out into the streets and they gather all they find, the bad and good alike. So the hall is filled with guests. So you have these servants going out from the king, and they're getting anybody. They're getting bad yeah. and good. But then it's almost kind of funny to say, you know, here's a bunch of bad people and good people, and then the king's worried about the clothing, you know? Well, wouldn't it be interesting yeah. to know who had not put their garment on? <laughs> Was it the good you know, or the like, bad? That's right. What I you to don't, know. It could be a blend of both. I mean, that's yeah. the intriguing part about it. He wouldn't have invited all if he wasn't going to choose from amongst them, correct? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, you know, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know the state of someone's heart who we, you know, assume to be bad, right? Yeah. 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 And I think that's what's interesting, too, is uh, maybe in another sense, is that the king knows the wedding garment, you know? So the bad and good are coming. The attendants are going out, and they're seeing bad and good. But he sees the wedding garment, and whether they're they're 
prepared for it or not. Right. You know? Not the other guests. They're not going yeah. up and saying, hey, why the heck didn't you wear that? You know, it's the king who approaches them and, and brings well, it up. And I think it's important to remember that even the bad have a wedding garment ready for them right. if they so choose. Like, there's a coat room over there right. where they can find, right. like, they've, there's some attendants who can, like, say, oh, yes. you need to head over there. Exactly. That's getting, such let, a beautiful let, let's, imagery. Let's get for you sure. fixed up here. And, mm-hmm. and, and the, mm-hmm. the, the king will provide all that. That's right. But when, when it's time to meet him at that final moment, you better be wearing that wedding garment. Mm-hmm. If you're not, And that reflects back on uh, yesterday's gospel. I think it was yesterday um, or, or sometime. Are you, are you jealous? Are you upset because mm. I'm so generous? Yeah, you know, like yesterday. we don't know. Uh, he might be generous enough to say the last can go to the cloakroom. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up your wedding garments, you <laughs> he, know, not, not, because they had be, least. He, they, yes, thank you. He had least, they, they had probably least amount of opportunity to be able to uh, get the garment, uh, whereas somebody else received it, handed on to them by their family or their uh, their uh, upbringing and ripped it off and left it to the wayside. That's yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah and, and, yeah, and that's where you get the last shall be first, the mm-hmm. first yeah. shall be last. I mean, yeah. it's like this inversion of mm-hmm. what we think of as what makes human sense. It's like, well, no, God operates on a whole different plane. He's beyond yeah. this world. He 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 is he is the God of all of us and our reason it doesn't always make sense like right. why that guy's bad what is he in right. here for i guess he's got a wedding garment on it looks pretty good I, <laughs> oh, man he, he had me fooled i don't know yeah. but like you know it's right. it's amazing that how generous god is and mm-hmm. he's in really the fact is we're all do bad things in our life. Certainly. We, we all kind of could be lumped in with that bad Certainly. group. And if we ever think, oh, well, I'm good, then... That's a problem. Then maybe you're not so good. <laughs> That's you know? a problem. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so, you know, the fact is we're, we all we all need to get that uh, that wedding garment, you know... Um, Cleaned, cleaned up, cleaned up and, and put on. on. Yeah, put on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you often hear at the beginning of this uh, um, this gospel story too. Uh, it explained that you know uh, the kingdom gave, gives a wedding feast for his son, and so the Jews who are listening might interpret that as um, as you know. Jesus saying he's the Messiah, and that all the Jews killed the prophets beforehand, you know. Uh, so there's kind of like that historical mm-hmm. reference that I sent all these people, and you said no. Father, can you, could we also say that maybe perhaps that can pertain to us also, those of us who uh, are Christians and have been our entire lives, um, and that, that he sent people time and time again to draw us back, but we, um, but we, we say no. We reject him. You know, potentially, yeah. I mean, I, I think I like the, the 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 interpretation of it being the the law, the the prophets, you know, the, these yeah. prior these prior in the course of history. But the fact is that in our lives, we've had our own like kind of prophets talk to us in our lives in our in our own uh, faith journey. You know, and so many of in our lives, you know, I look back at my own life and I think of the times that people said, you know, one thing or another thing, you know, oh, Nick, you should be a priest, you know, and they, and and I said, no, no, be quiet, you know, and I kind of put them aside, you know, and, and, and well, now it's, it's, you know, I found out that that was what God's will was. And so I think all of us in our own way, a lot of times we push aside the the people who may be Mm. speaking prophetically Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I'm sure we could all think back in our, our young years and think man i remember when they said that and i just ignored it or i just i like 
I maybe even killed them internally. You right. know, I, I was like, yeah. get out of my life. I don't have room for this in my life. And and so, you know, and I think so, yeah, I think it does you know, there's that a, way. There's an example that I can think of too when that happened to me. Um, and it's, you know, it's not, not a huge example. But my wife found this devotion, Our Lady of Sorrows, and it was just uh, just on her heart to tell me about it. This was like three years ago, three, four years ago. And she started praying and was like, Austin, I think you'd really like this. And I'm like, well, I've got the rosary. I don't need that. And and so I never <laughs> – I just totally brushed her off and ignored yeah. it. It was like whatever and uh, and didn't even have like a huge devotion right. to Mary at the time. And uh, and then, you know, she would kind of give these little like things like read me a quote from a saint and be like, this is what they say about Mary. I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of believe that, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's some problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> Got problems with what these saints are saying. Uh, what do they know? And uh, but then it was, you know, I um, I, I finally read something and and kind of I guess humbled myself and and uh, Claire brought up Our Lady of Sorrows again and I said, okay, I'll try that devotion. I'll try that that prayer. And I prayed it and I mean it set my heart on fire and I like I just dove in a hundred percent and was so drawn much more deeply into the mystery of Jesus' passion and suffering by praying this devotion. And to think that, you know, this was one of uh, kind of using the gospel imagery that uh, Jesus was sending someone saying, hey, you want to get to know me more? You know, you've asked me, well, here's your wife. <laughs> right. You Maybe better listen, to, listen her. to her. Yeah, for sure. Your helpmate. Right, exactly. <laughs> and yet, you know, I'm stubborn and I go back to my farming. That's what he says some of them do. You know, yeah. they, they go back to whatever they were doing. Um, I didn't kill her, fortunately. I just went back to what I was doing and said, I don't have time for that. But, you know, it's uh-huh. it's crazy. That stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a common story. I mean, we in, in all of our lives, we we think we know better. Mm-hmm. We we've got it our way. I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times you know somebody suggested that I like get on board with Mary, and I you know same same kind of thing. You know, yeah. but but even a little bit in seminary. But it, it was mm. you know, and I remember uh, you know. So I'm at, now I'm at Mount Carmel, you know, okay, <laughs> which is a you know wonderful place. I was. Uh, I remember in seminary, some of the guys would wear this, the brown scapular, the Carmelite scapular, mm-hmm. and I was saying, "Oh, okay, well that's great, but that's not me." You know, that's yeah. that's right. Sort of said that's stupid. You know, <laughs> I didn't actually say it, but I was thinking it. You How know? far is this thing going? <laughs> yeah. And but then but then what happened was um, it was on a Marian feast, and it was a few maybe three years ago. Uh, I was in seminary, and um, and. I was at I was at St. Bede and they uh they they were doing a um a present anybody who wanted to be given enrolled. the sca- enrolled mm-hmm. in the scapular <laughs> they were given this opportunity to do that and so the deacon was leading it and I was in the I was in the congregation and you know there's a good crowd there this is on a, a it wasn't a, a Sunday but it, it was a good crowd and um and so they he invited anybody who wanted to enroll Nobody stood up. Like everyone's just sort of yeah. st- sitting there, and I was like looking around, and I and I remembered all the thoughts I'd had on oh, this is stupid, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, man, okay. But then I was like, all right, well, fine, I'll do it. So I stood up just to save face. <laughs> I know, and I and I because I kind of felt yes. bad for the deacon, yes. And yeah. so I I, uh, I stood up and I walked down, and then after I stood up, like <laughs> dozens of people started following wow. behind me. I was like. Whoa. 
So that kind of gave me – it had many meanings for me. Right, sure. It took me a long time to unpack it sure. all. But, you know, the part of it was like, okay, Mary needs to be a big part of my life. But also, like, being a leader. Like, this was a big part of my yeah. – embracing my role as a leader in the church. Right. Because I, I physically saw how people followed me. Right. After I stood right. up, they weren't doing it. And we were right. all, I was, we all would have sat down and we would, nobody would have gotten the scapular. But now, a lot of people yes. are wearing the scapular. I'm wearing it right now here. Yeah. See, you can't Very see nice. it, but you all can see <laughs> we it. We can see it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's and, brown. It's true, folks. It's he brown. is wearing, he is wearing it. it. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, what, it, what it's done is it's caused me to have a deeper devotion mm-hmm. to Mary. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I feel very protected Certainly. by her. But, yeah. uh, but then also just, you know, the daily rosary, the praying to Mary just throughout the day and really entrusting myself to her to wrap me under her mantle certainly and i feel like just so you know so much more loved and protected and you know it what it did so my i guess my thinking before was that that by like it would somehow compete with yes. my relationship with God, yeah. but it hasn't done yeah, that at right, all. It's right. the opposite. Right. It enhances exactly. my relationship with exactly. God. And you I, know what's interesting about that is that I think that non-Catholics um, that are coming into the church, this is like one of the last things that they can sort of uh, uh, re- reconcile within themselves, this, yeah. uh, this attachment to Mary, this... this uh, and I think what's interesting is it's it's probably it's the same for Catholics. It is, you know, yeah. um, whether we recognize it or not. I know I've gone through the same thing myself, and um, uh, and having to go back uh, once I had um, uh, developed a, a personal relationship with Jesus, almost as if as if he said, <laughs> you know, here's my mother. Okay, so get to know her as yeah. well. You know, yeah. you you can't just leave her behind. Um, and then, of course, she naturally helps one get closer to Jesus. Yeah. But there is no, um, it's, it's hard to be, uh, just like you couldn't be in relationship with Jesus without also being in relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's impossible, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's impossible, too, uh, to be in relationship with God without also having a relationship with Mary. And uh while uh, our uh, those that are in RCIA coming onto the church feel as if they are so far behind in their love and devotion uh, to Mary, I think many Catholics have come that same route. No, it's true. Yeah. It's very true, and uh, you know, yeah, and I, it's it's a wonder too because like you know we're Catholic, we're you know right. we're the ones who are always talking about Mary. But I think it's the difference between having in our head and like intellectually. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, Mary, yes. Mary. but like really having embracing re- it with our heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a different thing, that and, is. It, and it's it can be tough. You know, it's because we build up these walls in our mind about why we can't do that, and and maybe that's the devil. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the devil does not want us to have a good relationship with Mary because he knows if we have a good relationship with Mary it's locked solid with Jesus yeah Yeah. absolutely (laughs) yeah Yeah. so so often we just turn back to the farming turn back to what we were doing and just walk away from these things that he's drawing us into yeah yeah excellent so well, thank you. We're about out of time, folks, for this wow, podcast. That I know that's what flew. Tina looked at wow. the mic and said, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Believe it or not, we're almost at a half hour. It's wild. Wow. So 
So, uh, well, I want to thank you, for Father, for coming on the show. It's my pleasure. Yeah, thank and you. We hope to have you back. Of Quit, course, I get the invite back. Of course. All right. <laughs> you have an open door policy. Right, you work here. You. We do what you, you say. So, that's right. <laughs> and Father John David's gone this week, so you're the acting pastor. Oh, so we really well, have that's right. Sense. Exactly. Yeah, so. We know where to find him on the, the soccer field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like thirty minutes. <laughs> So, well, folks, thanks uh, thanks for tuning in. And just a reminder, we do have an application on vichimundum.com. Uh, we'd love to invite you to, uh, to fill that out, to come be on the show. Um, there's a lot of big-name Catholic speakers you can go listen to, but by our baptism, um, we've been given the grace and the, and the, um, the command to go out and proclaim the good news. And this medium, if you feel the Holy Spirit calling you to possibly use this medium of our parish to proclaim the good news, fill out an application. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk. We'll see if we can we can make a, a good topic work out. So check that out. Uh, be sure to like us, follow us, uh, share the podcast with uh, with your friends and family. Um, and until next time, Our Lady Mount Carmel, pray, pray for, for us. us. God bless all of you. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing their love of Christ with you. God bless you.